0: For sure, 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 Welcome to the first episode of For Sure, a 200-foot podcast. I am Peter. Uh, I'm a writer and editor for Wing It! in Motown.
1: And my name is Jay. I'm a freelance video producer and being paid to act like a 15-year-old girl on the Internet for Twitter. What the For Sure podcast will bring you is not just a uh, Detroit-flavored podcast Uh, Peter and I are, self-confessed, and actually quite annoying Red Wing fans, but we realize that there are now 30 other teams to be concerned about, and Peter and I in wanting to expand our life journey have decided to make this podcast as a all-encompassing, all-inclusive uh, little hour to 12-hour segment that uh, will be uh, looking at all the top stories and then kind of giving you a little bit of off-center opinion on them. Uh, we're, we're, we're thinking that uh, there's not enough Goofball analysis out there So Peter and I are here to provide that Because at the end of the day While the league may think it's high and mighty uh, it's, it's our job to make sure They keep their skates firmly on the ice Because we know what happens when you leave the ice Right Pete? Mm.
0: Exactly. I mean, like, if you if you watch Hockey Night in Canada and you see Don Cherry and you see how seriously he is taking his wardrobe decisions, you know, you might be thinking, you know, I really wish there was somebody who had, like, a little bit of a more fun approach. And so that's where we're going to help you out. Uh, one One real quick thing, if you're listening to – uh, if you tuned in expecting to hear a wingin' it in Motown radio, uh, good news—you still will be able to get that on this channel. Uh, this is just going to be an additional podcast, uh, so you'll notice that the logo has changed to uh, accommodate both of them. Uh, when you get uh, when you get a podcast from us, you will either be able to tell—it'll either say Wim Radio or it'll say For sure, um and that'll tell you which episode, you know, which show you are listening to. Um, so hopefully you'll like this. But worst case, if it's not for you, whatever. Um, you can still get winging in Motown radio. Um, and if you're listening to this and you're not a Red Wings fan, then you can just listen to us or you can listen to both. Cause that would be obviously the best.
1: And right, Jay. Oh, absolutely. Peter. And, and I, and I must say that for, for newcomers who are not Red Wings fans, first of all, screw you, but thanks for stopping by because we enjoy all, uh, fans from all walks of life. And we realized that uh, the, the point of this podcast is to maybe have us uh, skate a mile in someone else's skates, right? Because uh, I am of the Midwest. You know, I'm familiar with the Leafs. I'm familiar with the Blackhawks. And uh, unfortunately, also familiar with the Blue Jackets due to just sheer proximity. But I, I've always been fascinated with the teams that are out west, the uh, teams that are along the Atlantic seaboard. You know, there's there's so much history about this league that just needs to be cultivated and lampooned by Peter and I. And um, when you listen to other podcasts, you know, there might be uh, a little bit of a bias. And uh, we want to say here that there is totally a bias, but we're trying to get better at it.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, so our normal podcasts, we're we're aiming for... About an hour or so. Um, We're thinking of doing uh, like a mailbag type segment uh, where you know we'll answer your questions. Uh, We're gonna do some recurring segments, maybe some one-off segments. You know, mess around, see what works. uh, Keep what does. Keep what doesn't. Throw out what doesn't. Um, So and oh, and also um, every episode, at least our plan is we're gonna have a guest. uh, Except for today, this is just a little intro. One, we're gonna do a. uh, We're gonna have a guest uh, from. You know, either an SB Nation site or another another uh, writer from, uh, you know, who covers one of the other teams in the league, uh, to talk about, um, you know, their team in a little bit more in depth. Uh, so each episode is going to have like a you know a team focus, but we're also going to spend a lot of time talking about around the league stuff. Um, for today, we're just going to do a couple quick segments to give you some kind of content uh, other than just who we are. And, and guess what? There's going to be more. Um, so the first one we have today, the first thing we're going to talk about is on the hockey news, um, a writer, Dom L. And I really wish I could pronounce his last name, but if you go on the hockey news and you click on it, you will understand why, because I know I will mess it up and I do not want to insult him by messing up his name as badly as I probably would. Um, so he wrote an article about, Uh, It's called Star Power in the NHL. Which teams have it and how much does it take to win the Cup? And I definitely suggest that you go check it out. Um, But the the very short version of what he did is he looked at the the entire league and he put players into different tiers. He called them star tiers. So, for example, a Tier 1 player... Uh, would be somebody who is like 98.5% to 100% in terms of like percentile of position. Um, you know, so your, your Norris finalists, your Art Ross finalists, et cetera. And then all the way down, and then tier five is, he, he put it as very good players who are borderline stars in the right environments. You know, so still very, very good players. And he had, he theorized a the cutoff of, um, a certain number of star power points that a team needs to, be a stanley cup contender so just real quick i'll give you the list of the player the the teams that he has above that cutoff and then we can talk about what we think about this list all right so jay so going from top to bottom the highest to the the championship cutoff as he put it you have nashville with 22 winnipeg with 21 pittsburgh at 20 washington at 19 Calgary and Boston both at 19 as well. Chicago at 18, Tampa at 15, Ottawa at 14, St. Louis and Columbus also at 14. And the first non-championship cutoff that he has is Anaheim with 13. All right, so, Jay, out of those teams, which one do you think doesn't belong there?
1: Who doesn't belong in the, the, top, the top that you have just named? I'll tell you right yeah. now, the flipping Columbus Blue Jackets. I think that's a really bizarre cutoff because we're looking at this chart here, folks and I think they're just ranked a little bit higher because maybe there's a higher concentration of a certain tier of players, but I've always been, with hockey, a more quality over quantity, but the Anaheim Ducks appear to have more quality spread out amongst all the tiers because, lest we forget, Peter, hockey is a role-playing sport. We need the only two-goal-a-year guys to help the 50-goal-a-year guys, right? If the Columbus Brew Jackets had that many concentrated star power players, you'd think they'd be ranked a little bit higher, but they're not. So uh, I, I think Columbus shouldn't has no business being in there. Um, the Blues is a little surprising. Um, I think, again, we're, we're looking at this tier, and it's all color-coded. So if we break this down into who has the most colors around going on here, it looks like, okay, so if the Blues have one red square, that's like an automatic entry into the top 12 or the top 10, which doesn't, doesn't jive well with me, like, ooh, we have one really good player. So, oh, man, like they should automatically oh, be in the top. No, 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 no. I, I feel like the the, the the way we're looking at this chart, the Ducks and the Wild should be ranked higher than they are because I think there's, you know, not a lot of uh, appreciation in this in this uh, chart about, you know, how these – because for all we know, that little – because there's also gray squares, which is a category that he didn't even rank, which obviously means the rest of the league. because he has it ranked as not a star. So all this chart has, you know, the lower down, the more gray squares you have. But, like, what if that not a star has a three-goal night? What if that not a star happens to score the last goal ever at a storied venue right before the team moves to another venue, right? There's a lot of intangibles not being taken into account for this list, Pete, and that's what's frustrating. So, yes, my answer right now is the Blue Jackets and, and the Blues. What about you?
0: Let's see. I think. I think Chicago. You know, I think the if, 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 if it didn't already set, I think the sun is setting on Chicago. I think that what we saw this year with their quick exit from the playoffs is a sign of things to come, as opposed to uh, an anomaly, because they have you know they they've gotten as far as they can with the players they have. Um, they they're losing Hosa. Uh, for at least this next year with that medical issue uh, that would probably take almost an entire episode to kind of go through all the details. But regardless, he's not going to be there. You know, some of their their star defensemen are getting older. And, I mean, I think we saw them exposed last year in the playoffs, and and I think – the moves that they made in this offseason I don't think have really helped. Like, they, they, they sent out – they shipped out Panarin. Uh, they they made some moves that were kind of strange because they didn't really do anything to solve their cap situation. Um, so I think Chicago is the, uh, the odd man out in that, uh, you know, up there. I think the one um, – I didn't, I didn't ask you this, but I think the one that I think is probably – Outside looking in, that I think should be higher. I think should be in that top tier is Toronto. Um, they have one tier one, which I'm guessing is Austin Matthews. Uh, I mean, it's got to be. And then they have the next one is tier three, uh, a tier three, a tier four, and a tier five. And I think I think that both Mitch Marner and William Nylander are really excellent players. And I think they're they're probably higher than they're ranked on here. I think that. Um, those three together are gonna, you know, help the Leafs, you know, be even better next year. You know, as long as their goaltending stays solid, um, I think. I'm not gonna say I think that they're gonna be a Stanley Cup contender next year, but I don't think they're that far away. I think they're a lot closer than people thought. People thought it was gonna take another, you know, maybe three years before they're really seriously considered in that conversation, and I think uh, I think they're pretty close.
1: I actually kind of have to agree with you after playing against you in several games on NHL Seventeen. This Mitch Marner character is not somebody to sleep on. I think he's absolutely going to be in that. At least in the jumping from this last year to this year, he would have to at least like leapfrog like eight hundred people to get at least into tier two for this uh, for this list here. And uh, that Nylander fella, I mean, again, Toronto for for all the stuff that we've derided them on, and we'll continue to deride them for. Uh, do seem to be showing some aptitude and actually uh, getting their minds right and uh, actually getting some, some choice pieces. But, you know, at the end of the day, you can't give them too much credit because, again, they still stunk for a long time. <laughs> and that's, unfortunately, the the landscape that we live in now. Peter, we know this. You You can't just... Be good and be rewarded for being good. If you're good, you're gonna you're gonna hit a wall at some point and let the, let the other teams happen. Blah blah blah. But we can have a separate conversation at a later date about how I think this league needs to uh, get its uh, priorities readjusted in terms of rewarding skill. And because basically what I'm getting at, folks, is we we should be able to have dynasties again and and for forever and ever. And 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 I want that to be um, the Winnipeg Jets. That's right. I want the Winnipeg Jets to be able to amass a huge load of talent and um, be able to keep that talent in forever, But that's a topic for a different day. Um, The one thing I wanted to ask you, Pete, was um, Mm -hmm. I'm looking at uh, the top ten teams here, and uh, it seems that the Boston Bruins have three, count it, three Tier 1 players. Now, my question to you is, those players are Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, and David Pasternak. And I'm wondering, is that true?
0: Well, I mean, Marchand last year had 39 goals, 46 assists. So he he led the Bruins with 85 points. Pasternak had 34 and 36 for 70 points. Uh, Bergeron, uh, uh, definitely lower down. He had 21 goals and 32 assists. But, uh, I mean, I think... I don't know. I think most people agree that that Patrice Bergeron is is one of the top two-way centers in the NHL. Um, so I, I wasn't really surprised to see Bergeron there. I would think I would rank him the highest out of those three uh, just in terms of like you know the most value to your team even though like I said he didn't score as much as the other two. Um, and I mean like I said I mean Pastor, Pastor Neck put up a ton of points and, and so did Marchand. I think um, I I hate uh Brad Marchand, I hate watching him. Um I hate the things he does. And I think that kind of takes away from he is a really good player. He's a very he's a very skilled player. He's a really good player. And I think I think that's kind of the bias there, which I will admit to having. It's a lot easier to say that somebody's not as good as if you don't like them. And I think for me Marchand uh fits into that category.
1: Okay. All right. I I see what you're saying there. I mean, I guess it's okay, but uh you know, that's, that's that's the world we live in. We're, we're a land of compromises, and we like to hear different views and stuff. So um, the other thing that I was thinking about looking at this list is um, uh, there are I, – I have, I have one thought, and, and it is a Homer thought. It is a biased thought. But um, so the way this guy has these tiers ranked, Tier 1, I think end of the year award candidates, Tier 2, elite players among the best in their position, Tier 3, all-star caliber talent among the best in the conference, Tier 4, great players who complement players in the above tiers, and then Tier 5, you know, kind of like, yeah, these are the guys that you see then you think about every now and then. You know, think good players who are borderline stars in the right environment, as he so says. And he has Henrik Zetterberg in Tier 5. Okay, so let's uh, let's just clear the air a little bit here. Um, I know that Henrik Zetterberg has kind of lost a bit of a step. That's what happens, you know, when you get old. But um I'd like to think that Zetterberg's skill set is much like Daredevil's in that when you take something away the other stuff gets better. And Zetterberg certainly does have this extreme awesome ability to be very strong on the puck and still maintain control of it and, and his passing is still I mean, you know, if if there if anything, like you kind of once Datsuk left, and I was watching Zetterberg this last year, I was like, geez, you know, you get so hung up on how awesome Pavs passes are, you kind of forget how awesome Hanks were, because Hank just can thread the needle and whatnot. So I, I'm making an official correction to this list. Dom L., I'm not apologizing for this. I am upgrading Hendrik Zetterberg from Tier 5 to Tier 3. But, of course, people, that means we got to take something away from Tier 3. So congratulations, Ryan Getzlaff. Welcome to Tier 5. So, yeah. Well, I I
0: think I think he, I think you might be missing something, oh, which is okay. that this list is for projected stats for this coming season.
1: Okay. Well, then even more so I'm questioning all the bruin stuff. <laughs> Cuz what, we're going to expect Marshan to lead the team again? Yes. I don't want to live in that world, Peter. I really don't. <laughs> but I Okay, you I understand. Correctly, this is this these are projections. I mean, in tier five, he still has UFA candidate Yarmir Yager in tier five, so you know, hey, it's it's really great. Um, uh, I mean, I agree with having Mantha in tier five. I think he's on the cusp of of upgrading a couple of things here. Um, I am surprised at Matt Duchesne. He does not sound like a, like he's performed beyond what a tier five could be, but it just stinks that he's now considered to be a tier five. So again, this is hockey, folks. Well, this is a this is a fine list and all and all that, but. I'm I'm wondering how much this list can change. Let's say by Thanksgiving, right? You know, because some people might see this list and be like, "Hey, Derek Stepan, you're a you're a tier five player. What do you think about that?" What? And he like you know does his old Russia training montage, right? Gets bigger and better, and then all of a sudden we're looking at him as one of the top point getters in the league. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, or maybe a little bit of a hearts on fire, uh, strong desire from Rocky Four. That, that we we could see that one as well. So, um but you're right, you're right. I I admit. But again, I don't. Obviously, this list had to take into account a larger before stuff to go there. So I, I just I don't see last year being a you know like ooh this is a this is a sign of things to come from our champ. No hoo hoo. No, sir. I see, him, I see him dropping to a leader, at the lowest tier three, but he's going to be a tier two by the end of the year. That is unless, of course, he decides to prove me wrong, in which case I will eat my lunch. So there you go. Uh, in closing, we did want to do a little shout-out to uh, this year's Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, I have to say that I am pleased with the outcome solely because I won my office betting pool for it. So congratulations, Pittsburgh. You did one good thing this year, which was get me money. But uh, overall, I think it was officiated oddly, right? Is that mm-hmm. is that, is that in, in, are we in agreement on that there, Pete?
0: I think I think you can definitely say that.
1: I think that there's you know obviously some improvement here, but you know uh, we're reaching the point where it's like okay, so we have you have a boon, a a a, a huge amount of examples in which they need to clean up and. My optimism for them changing those is uh, zero, right, Pete? What about you? Zero? Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, I
0: I think if you want the NHL to do something that's going to be positive for the fans, then I think that's pretty much the percentage you're looking at.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's. I mean, as um, was it was it. Uh, was it Sean Gentile who wrote that article about when the NHL decided to do the whole draft special and actually make the list public thing? Like, listen, you're doing – how dare you? Now you're doing something right. Now my expectation is you're going to continue to do things better. So either <laughs> either either you are all on board to be better or not. Just don't play with my heart. Quit playing games with my heart. Um, with my heart. Yep. Uh, Pete, were there any, any – what was what, what your – is there a top three moment, a top one moment from from this Cup final that you uh, were like, "Wow, you know, man, I'm glad I'm a hockey fan. That was great."
0: It wasn't really televised, but it's a moment that I like to believe happened, which was Mark Bergevin being forced to watch PK Subban in the Stanley Cup final. Uh, so I guess that's a lot of moments, but I, I just <laughs> I just have this mental image that kind of gets me through some rough times, you know, of him kind of. You know, they're like, hey, come on, let's, uh, let's go watch the game. He's like, no, that's okay. I got, I got stuff to do. And then he, he's like forced to watch. And other people are like, hey, look how, man, look how good Suban's playing. He's like, ah, yeah, yeah, very good. Um, so that, for me, that was my, that was my favorite imaginary moment, but.
1: I'm always of the mind that, yeah, you may suck, but do you, Bergevin, after trading Suban suck? You know, and then you're like, I don't, oh my God, oh, I feel like a million bucks now. I can go ask that girl out on the meeting, too, or, or take out that <laughs> loan to finally write my symphony, right? Like, that's that's, an, that, that's a very good moment, Peter. Thank you for sharing that. I, I, I agree. That was my favorite thing, because I actually wanted Nashville to win so bad, such that P.K. Subban would have parachuted into Montreal with the cup attached to his torso, and he glides right into the children's hospital that he gave all that money to, and... Uh, I feel like that would have been like the lasting image, maybe ever for in in terms of making some guy eat, you know basically eat his own words, his house, his car, his socks, and then his entire yeah. existence
0: and then and then on his way home, him and all of the children that are able to. You know, leave the hospital for for a short field trip. Would go over to Mark Bergevin's office, and he would hold the cup out. You know, like say anything with John Cusack outside of Bergevin's window, and they would all <laughs> sing to him.
1: That would be maybe next year.
0: Maybe oh next year. man, yo, you're right,
1: you're right. Maybe next year. Um, I have to say my favorite moment uh, from these Cup Finals, and, and as and uh, again, as much as I hate this team with the fiery passion, just because you know. Watching and watching the Penguins win on my home ice all those years ago, it's just it's always stuck with me. I look off in the distance every time I think about it. But the image of Phil Kessel now going two for two post Toronto, winning a cup, I, I just feel for that guy. And he really harkens back to an age of sports that um, I wish would make its return, which is anybody can play, right? Like I remember when pitchers had guts the size of beer barrels. I remember when basketball players were skinny as a rail and just draining three after three after three, and then dunking on these guys like it's nobody's business. I think in terms of what the body type is for playing sports now is just this top gun and fueled product based only. You gotta have muscle, you gotta have legs, you gotta da, da da da. But I think hockey is the one sport that still offers the joy of everybody. You know, Because it's such a role-playing thing, and I know that's a thing I've said a billion times already on this podcast, but just the fact that he, like, Phil Kessel is just able to score these goals and then people just give him crap for wanting to eat hot dogs on the way to the rink, right? Like, again, I, I, I actually made this Photoshop and sent it to a couple people. It's uh, Phil Kessel as Slimer eating, cup, eating uh, hot dogs out of the Stanley Cup. Because that is, a, it's just a lasting and enduring image to me. And now he's gotten to do it two years in a row. So, you know, Phil, I, I love you, buddy. Uh, congratulations, and um, please come to Detroit. We <laughs> I mean, please just please just just come over just for a little bit. Just you, you can do one year deal. It's fine. You can you've got two cups now. You can totally do the let's take a tour of the league contract scenario. Only sign one year deals. Keep playing in places. You know, be the be the paladin. Have the, the have cup. will travel player right you know have couple travel is the name of a man phil <laughs> Kessel likes hot dogs boy did he ran you know that, that'd be <laughs> really great so um yeah so congratulations 2017 cup final you did it um you won me some money so if you keep doing that you'll always be in my heart so
0: so another nhl season is over our inaugural podcast is over, um, so thanks everybody for listening. Um, we will have a new one, a new normal one with our inter- with an interview, etc. Next Monday, Monday, uh, July twenty fourth. Uh, so come back and listen to that then. So thanks for listening and bye. Bye. For sure. 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 For sure.